This is Bale Street, crime, finance, and everything in between. Hosted by Ira Jettelson, bail bondsman to the stars, and Danny Moses of The Big Short fame, this is Bale Street. Welcome to Bale Street. I'm Danny Moses. I'm Ira Jettelson. We got Jack Bryan on today. He is the writer, director, producer, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Of Active Measures, which was released a couple months ago, which was an was a look at the Active Measures, which I've learned are propaganda, cyber attacks, and agents of influence, and what Russia has been doing basically globally over the last, you know, since Putin came to power the last 15, 20 years, um, and in an indirect way, or became a direct way, obviously, uh, implicated the, the Trump administration in various ways. But, Jack, let's just start by saying that was an incredible documentary, um, and I had forgotten all of the things that have been occurring in the last, you know, several months and all the pieces of information. And going back in time, I forgot about, you know, Joseph Ackerman, when he left Deutsche Bank, went to be the chairman of Bank of Cyprus, things like that. I've forgotten about Sunny Isles and all the condos that were bought with Russian money. I've forgotten about a Palm Beach home that was overpaid. So all the oligarch stuff. So I was watching this thing and I said to myself objectively, and you were just kind of, you know, you know, reporting the news of what had been happening and compiling it. Incredible job. And so I just want to start out by asking you what made you make this film well kind of weirdly almost what you were saying right there which is when we started it i mean i i got into it basically april 1st 2017 was the day where we were like this is i was like this is what i have to do um and a large part of it was just kind of what you were saying was that there's so much evidence that it is overwhelming for people most most cases like this most scandals when it kind of washes over people it's because there's not enough with this there's so much that it's hard for people to digest it it's hard for people to understand the entire through line and so more than even really bringing anything new to the table that we managed to do a little bit of that, what we really set out to do was to compile all of the evidence in one place and frame it into a narrative story so people really understood what had happened and why. Because, you know, what happened in 2016, uh, we like to think of it as sort of not just being one intelligence operation, but being several ongoing intelligence operations that were then set towards the 2016 election. So on this show... We had Davidson. Adam, yes, Adam Davidson, Davidson came on, who you kind of referred to his article. The, you actually showed the article about yeah, yeah. the. Right, he talked about the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, you know, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. But what's amazing is that I'd forgotten it goes back to 1983, 1984, when Trump yeah. Tower first opened, and these Russians took residence in his in his tower, and that's kind of how the whole relationship began. A lot of different condos were bought back then. <laughs> they still are being bought. I don't. I don't even think of it as collusion. I think after watching your show, it's the wrong word. It's almost like. Whether, whether there's blackmail or something on it, it's almost a relationship. It's not yeah. even – so, you know, there's no collusion. There's collusion because they, you know, obviously did something together. But I got a question on Christopher Steele. Mm-hmm. So are you confident that that dossier, all the allegations, if you had to guess, are they 100% accurate? Uh, well, I, I don't know if they're 100%. I, I think that Steele at this point says he thinks that 90 to – 70 to 90% of it is completely accurate – and 10 to 30 percent of it, there's things in it that there, there's definitely things in it that are transcription errors, like Alpha Bank is spelled with an F as opposed to a PH. Right. Kind of stuff. Uh, I, I think that there are things that are currently a lot of the things that have question marks on them. I don't think will have question marks on them in the next couple months. Uh, I think that, and then there's a third category in my mind of stuff where I'm just not really sure. Can you about back it. up on that? Is sure. that the golden shower? What are we talking about? That may not. No, be? I th- listen. I think that there are many tapes. Okay. I, I think that the uh, and from what you hear, they are all over the place. Uh, and the video or audio? Uh, bo- probably both. Both. both but okay. the, what I'm what we're talking about in terms of uh, behavior with prostitutes and whatnot. 
that there have been rumors of tapes since the 80s. Uh, and there have been rumors of tapes, not not just that the Russians have them, but there's a lot of people that would suggest that Mossad also has them. Uh, I, I think that the tapes are were a form of leverage. I don't think that they're a huge form of leverage, though. I think that those were overplayed uh, in terms of – I think they're important, but people overplay the importance of them because it's not illegal. You're not going to go to jail for that. But what the dossier also says is that they have proof of him committing you know, illegal acts in business, which he can go to jail for, which I think is more um, – gives you more leverage. So I think a lot of, there's a lot of tapes out there. I think that, you know, I think that the, the I think he definitely said racist stuff in The Apprentice. Yeah. That, that's been out there since before he was even running. And I think that those tapes exist as well. So there's a bunch of tapes that would be embarrassing or cause that. Uh, I don't know that there uh, are, there are ones that are illegal, but what we do here, and I have to be careful, like I have not talked to anybody that has said that they've seen this, but increasingly I'm talking to a lot more and more people who have talked to people who have seen this and sources that have, I believe that suggests that there are videos with him and women that are, where violence takes place. That we uh, we've talked about that on the show before. Yeah, uh, I talked about it with Adam Davidson that there's an elevator picture in an the elevator. Elevator I, tape is another. Th- you've that, heard of that, so yeah, the elevator tape is is sort of the most out there. Uh, the rumor on that one, and I don't know. You know, this is I, I've heard this a couple places. So TMZ hasn't gotten that elevator tape yet. Apparently, they put a bit out for it though. Wow, is it a Ray Rice esque? Type oh, video? It's elevator? supposed to be, yeah. Yeah. Really? And apparently, so this is, I don't know that this is the case. If it is not the case, I'm sorry to the person. Yeah, yeah. There's this guy, Chuck Blazer, who was a FIFA, uh, a guy who worked within FIFA that lived in Trump Tower, who apparently uh, had some, according to rumor, had substance abuse issues that led him to put a camera in the Trump Tower, hidden camera in the Trump Tower uh, elevator. Uh, and there he saw uh, Donald Trump being aggressive with Melania in the elevator. So I heard that from a diff- completely different source than you, so that's interesting. That yes, both and apparently it. that tape went up for auction with TMZ. Uh, they put in a bid. A few other people put in a bid. And the rumor that I heard was that it was either a— Jim Acosta? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. no, the, I, the rumor that I heard was it was either the Inquirer or a shadowy LLC that ended up purchasing it. But I, I, I'm And shelved it? Yeah. Mm. So— Sorry to switch gears completely. So let's go back to the Russia. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Thing. No, no, no. <laughs> no that's that was, that's that incredible. I we go down that elevator route forever. But uh, Cambridge Analytica. So again, that's another thing that I just forgotten about in the presentation that you showed about how they already had the voter registration and they had all that information. The scene from Charlottesville, from the riots. Mm-hmm. I had never seen Russia is our friend. Yeah. Had that had, had anyone ever seen that before? Before you put that out, because I had, I'm so I just had never seen it before. I mean, the fact that they're chanting Russia is our friend in the Charlottesville riots, that the white supremacists are chanting that, makes no sense other than the fact that they're getting the prop, that they're, that they're being targeted. Yeah, but, so. and they're definitely being targeted. I mean, and that's the thing. I, I think, for me, the most uh, emblematic sort of targeting event that occurred was during the election, the Russians set up a, uh, a alt-right, you know, white power, white nationalist event on a street corner, and then separately on the exact same street corner at the exact same time set up a Black Lives Matter rally. Right, uh, and so it's it's not about so much them sharing an ideology necessarily, but them saying, okay, this is a fissure, this is a point of consternation, this is a place that we can kind of get in and twist within American society. We can expand these divisions, we can make this more aggressive, we can make it more violent. And what they end up doing is they end up actually even hurting. Let's make it about Black Lives Matter, you know, where they did 
put money. They did put advertising. But their purpose isn't to support Black Lives Matter. Right. Their Just purpose their is, shit up. Is, is to make it more extreme and to make it more of a turnoff to white America and to make it more aggressive so that it, as opposed to being a voice for people that are voiceless, it becomes an incendiary and it, it actually hurts those people who are trying to have a voice. So, Ira, you've dealt with Russian mobsters. In the, yes, in various... Alle- well, let's use the word alleged. Alleged yeah. mobsters. Alleged, right, yes. Because they're so, also very litigious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, honey, lock the doors. Uh, hire, hire a security guy after this episode. But So, Ira, you've, you've dealt with alleged... I've dealt with alleged people from Brighton Beach, yes. From Brighton Beach, which actually is a big focus on that's kind of where they all came in on. That's yeah. where they came in, and that's where they all kind of settled post-Yeltsin pre-Putin or... Po- well, pre, pre... I mean, it's it's the, the Jackson-Banning Amendment, which is actually... It's 78, I think, is when it gets passed, but it's not until really the early 80s that it happens. And what it is, is it allows the migration of Soviet Jews into America. And as Castro did in Cuba, uh, I, I guess at that point it would be... Uh, was it... I think at that point it's... Yuri um, Andropov? Late, no, that's that's going to be... Uh, whatever. You could the say Soviets, Yeah, the Soviets, uh, the Soviets are like, okay, fine, we'll empty out our prisons... And basically, um, you know, let all these criminals into America through that through that uh, bill. Uh, and so you start seeing the rise of the Brighton Beach Mafia around that time. Uh, and also, even in, in that phase, I mean, during the so- Soviet uh, era, the um, the mafia is doing a lot of laundering. Alleged mafia. Alleged mafia. Thank you. He's yeah. doing a lot. Is <laughs> doing a lot of laundering for the KGB. Mm. So there's already that connection, and a lot of that laundering is just for operations in America. But it's becoming more and more throughout the '80s, throughout Perestroika. You're seeing the KGB actually pulling billions of dollars out of Russia to basically keep it away from the you know quote unquote Democrats uh, and keep it in the communist hands. Uh, and so the overlocking and, and intermingling between the KGB and the alleged Russian mafia really kicks in around that period. What is the biggest difference in the FSB and the KGB? Can, what is that? Just the, the way they spell it? Yeah. It's the same thing, right? It's, it's pretty it's interchangeable. Yeah, I, I would say that the my, my understanding is that there were more, if there is one difference, is that there were more organizations that were wrapped into the KGB that are separate from the FSB, but, uh, and also obviously there was more uh, it, you know, it, because the Soviet Union was so many countries, there was more, um, inter, you know, interconnection with those countries and really overseeing Stasi and the Czech uh, intelligence were also very good. And so, but yeah, it's basically the same thing. Bail Street. For more content, please subscribe and follow Bail Street on Instagram and YouTube. Search Bail Street. That's just one word. Bail Street. So we've talked about all the bankruptcies which Trump had four properties and then six overall because the holding companies went bankrupt. So in 2004, when Felix Sater, I think that's the time he came into the picture with Bayrock, that's right? When they, they signed their deal. They yeah. took up residence, and he took up, not residence, but he took an office in, yeah. in Trump Tower. And then, as as you pointed out in the documentary, he basically flew over with Ivanka and Donald Jr. or Eric, I can't remember, mm-hmm. and escorted them into Moscow to look at properties. And so in 2013, when he gave the deposition, Trump, mm-hmm. was it 2013 or 15? I believe so, 13. When he said, "When he said, do you know Felix Sater?" He goes, "I wouldn't know him if I if he was standing next to him." Yeah. How does something like that? Because that that is a legal deposition. You're lying. That's effectively under oath at that point. Mm-hmm. So, you just showed pictures of him, Trump. So unless he has Alzheimer's, or he's which so, is possible, which is possible, yeah. Um, yeah, well, that would explain a lot. Um, <laughs> what in the world? Like, where are we in the due process of law? Where for, you know, forget about it. There's many other reasons he shouldn't be in office. But sure. but how does something like that not? catch up to it well because it's also a really i mean for all of its baldness and blatantness it's also legally a not unclever lie 
Because he's not saying I've never met the guy. And he's not saying, you know, we haven't had a lot of communications. He's not – all he is saying is – If I saw him. If I saw him, I wouldn't recognize him. And how are you going to disprove that? And so I, I think and that he – He does see a lot of people all day long, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Sater, obviously he knew – they knew each other. I mean, Sater had – was a personal advisor to Donald Trump on his business card and had right. a Trump email address. Right. There's no way that they didn't – they were also – another interesting thing is that – so one thing that's interesting about, about Trump Tower, is like a lot of buildings, the elevators don't go up all the way. So if you live in the residency, you have to go up through the business elevators first and then cross over. And that crossover floor was where Bayrock resided. So every day when Trump was going from one elevator system to another, he would frequently pop in and sort of check in what was going on. And it was a very convenient place because he could deny ever walking into those offices because he had to be walking by them every day. So does... Mueller, who has yet to come out, I mean, he's obviously indicted several people, but the full report hasn't come out yet. When he sees your documentary, have you been called like to come talk to them, or can you say? Because if they were to watch what I watched, yeah. you just did all of his work for him. You put the puzzle well, together. Well, they, they, I think that they know all that stuff. I mean, we, we, uh, I'd be shocked if they did not, because they have all the guys that you would want to have if you were looking into that stuff. They have all the money laundering guys. They have the Russian mob dudes. Uh, we were looking at, and we, kn- I know a bunch of people that haven't, not a bunch, but I know several people that, that have been interviewed uh, that have not been publicly disclosed yet, and they are the kind of people that, that for example, we would want to interview if we made a movie about this guy. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, and so uh, I think that he knows all of this stuff independently. Okay. I feel like because I feel like you had clips and audio and things that I hadn't seen before. Maybe you just I don't he know might, how you he got might have it. some of those because that that was. That I think that was, I mean, there's definitely places going into this where it's like, okay, I have a unique ability to bring things to this situation, which is the reason why I wanted to do it in the first place. Uh, and that was one of them is being able to track down those clips and just just knowing how to how to look for that kind of stuff. And um, yeah. So so what's next now? What do, what do you think is going to happen? So that we're going to have indictments, whether this new attorney general who's not qualified to do much of anything, no. fires Mueller or what, what's going to be? You know, in your opinion, where are we? My, okay, so my, my guess going into the midterms was that you would hear about two weeks after to early January. I think that that has always been – so this coming week up until early January, we're going to get a huge chunk of them uh, is my understanding. Uh, I, I think that I, I, most of what's out there rumor-wise I, I suspect is true that it's going to be uh, Don Jr. and Roger Stone – uh, I think that um, Julian Assange, this this weird arrest warrant for Julian Assange, was that related to Mueller getting information? I, I don't know. I, I suspect that there is a Mueller thing. I think that you're going to kind of need to have that because he was the in-between between the people that have already been indicted and some of the people that have also already been indicted but are yet to be indicted, like Roger Stone. Um, I think that unless you're just going to get Roger Stone in terms of perjury or if you're going to get him on a conspiracy charge, you also have to get... Julian Assange. So I think that they have Julian Assange. I would be very surprised if they didn't. Uh, I also am not sure that that charge is necessarily the same thing. That could be that that came out the other day, just because I believe that was in the Eastern District, Virginia, and it doesn't seem like that would be a thing that Mueller would farm out to the Eastern District. It's possible that there are two separate charges. The only one was revealed for the Eastern District, and Mueller's has not yet been revealed. It's also possible that that was Mueller's, but I, I think that Mueller has one, whether or not that 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 was. Uh, what that was. So this took you how long to put to make? So uh, a year, almost exactly. We from me picking up the phone, calling my election buddy, and being like, "We have to do this. You want to quit your job tomorrow?" And she was like, "I don't know what 
producing a documentary <laughs> means. So I'm like, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. <laughs> and it's doing, and it so it's it's in certain theaters, and it's also you can rent it. I mean, I watched it, was, it on Amazon. Yeah, it, and it so, was in theaters, and uh, and now it's just on stream platforms. It's iTunes, Amazon. And how's it doing? Pretty well. It's great. I mean, it, it really it was a big hit when it first when we first came out. We were the number four movie on iTunes. We we're the number one doc for a long time, um, and especially for you know an indie documentary, that was a really big deal for everybody. Uh, and yeah, no, it's we've been getting an amazing response. And as the Mueller stuff is sort of coming back into the news, it's sort of coming back in as well. And uh, no, we've all been really excited, and it's it really has paid out very well so far. So you were followed, I guess Union Station. You mentioned the yeah. one incident. Did yeah, you yeah. tell me that story? Who followed you? I have no idea. I already you didn't hire the guy to follow. No, right? I, I, I. Okay, would, well, we, if, I, if I put somebody out there, you wouldn't be here. All right, By the good, way, good, here's good, your good. protection guy right good, here. Whatever perfect. you need. Okay. The uh, no, well, and I can cross one person off the list. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know, I, I don't. I don't know who it was. You know, no, they didn't. I, they weren't like they didn't have their FSB card on them. So I don't know. But no, what happened was uh, we were starting off. It was pretty early in the project, and it was we were, we had gotten a little bit of a seeming pushback. We get threatening voicemails here and there. We get an overwhelming amount of phishing attempts. Uh, but we were, you know, we were emailing with the Senate a lot. We were emailing with the House a lot. This was really early on. And so I think we just kind of tapped on the radar. And, you know, at a certain point, we were meeting with intelligence officers. And they're like, are you being followed yet? <laughs> we're like, uh, I don't think so. Uh, and so, yeah, I walked into Union Station, and I saw a guy walk right in front of me uh, at the entrance. I was like, that was a weird, that, that felt very strange to me. Like, that didn't feel like a normal person walking. So let me just see what where this person goes. And they go out, and they stand in the middle of uh, the sort of the entrance of Union Station in D.C. is there's no like board or anything to look at. So it'd be, it's actually a weird place to stand, even though that's kind of one where one would usually go. And I was like, OK, if that guy just goes there and stands there. You're OK. He might be, no, he might be following me because he's going to be waiting to see where I go. So I'm like, All right, I'm going to see. He does that. I'm like, uh oh, let me go to the buses. I'm not going to the buses. I'm going to go to the buses to see where this goes. I go to the buses. He's behind me, you know, 15 paces. I'm like, hmm, that's weird. Let me go to the concessions because that'd be a weird place to go. He then goes there behind me. I'm like, all right. And I'm getting late to my, my train now. So I'm like, okay, let me go in that area. And I, as I go, I see that there's a little kiosk next, next to the gates. I'm like, it looks like there's a gate down there, but there isn't. It's just there's no space. And so I walked down and kind of just waited for him. He turned, faced me, and was like kind of surprised to see me. I was like, what do you want? And he goes, You uh, confronted him. Yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, and just walked about 20 paces away. Uh, and I left, and I then had to get on my train. But I was like, uh, okay. So I just walked to my train station, just stared at me as I walked on, and that was the last he didn't, of that. He didn't get on the train. Did not get on the train, as far as I, I mean. You I don't seem like a paranoid guy either. It's not like you were out there necessarily no, looking no, for No, no, I mean, he was... He, Guy, Although I'm sure the Russians are going to start to paint you as like a serial killer soon. You'll be, you know. Well, they've certainly, they've already done. I mean, they've already been writing, you know, RT's got a couple of articles about the film Sputnik. You know, they, they like they like coming after us. Uh, but it's also like, what are they going to do? You know, like, I was also in a Ukrainian riot. And we were interrogated there for 12 hours and banned from the country. You know, like. That's always fun. The Ukrainian <laughs> right. Riot. You know, yeah. so it's like, what do you, 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 when you're being in a situation like that, that's scary. But it's also like, all right, well, I'm here. So yeah. how so how scary is just to move sure. move move away from Trump for a second sure. just on Russian influence Ukraine Georgia even Brexit they're having I mean they tried to you know influence the French elections obviously yeah, yeah. it's pretty scary stuff right now yeah so that's it's not ending part. it's not ending yeah, yeah. absolutely and that and that's a good and that was because that was always the thing that scared us the most was that this is actually like somebody following me or calling me from Estonia and being like you know whatever like I don't care. But what really terrifies me is the global tilt towards totalitarianism, towards kleptocracy, towards corruption that has been going on over the last 10 years. 
and it's speeding up. I mean, the Russians just took control of uh, Interpol, which is insane. A Russian minister is going to be running Interpol. That is terrifying. That is terrifying. Uh, so that's that's what actually scares me is that this is it's the tilt. It's, that was almost as good as the joint, you know, Trump wanting Russia yeah. to run our cybersecurity program. We could do a joint thing where sure. we'll just run it together. I thought it was a fantastic oh, yeah. idea. Very good idea. They, right. Or, or having the Russians uh, interrogate our former ambassador to Russia in McFall. Yeah, that, that's. Did you help John Oliver last night on that? Piece I that didn't he did see John Oliver last he night. He did okay, a thing on totalitarism. It. He did a whole thing. Oh, on perfect. It. Well, great. So, yeah, he should be. I, I'm working on a one of my next projects is a thing on that. So that's great. That's that, it's a really important topic, and it's, um, it, and it's universe. I mean, it's it really is almost everywhere in the world. It's happening. So in a very scary way. You've had all the talking heads on your documentary. Mm-hmm. They were all, all the ones I keep seeing on every station are on. I have yet to see you come on, maybe because I hadn't been looking for it. Have you been asked to be on? I would think. Well, I guess you just haven't been looking for it. Yeah. You know, I've been. Uh, <laughs> I was on you know, Real Time with Bill Maher. I don't know if you've heard of that show. Yeah. And uh, Morning Joe and uh, okay. Don Lemon. Yeah. No, I've, I, I've not done as many. That was a good as, Bill Murray, by the I way. Like I think that was a good Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, and so I have. I have not done. I, I'm always down to do interviews. I have not done any. Uh, basically, what happened was uh, when. Um, when the re-elections kind of pop back in the news, we were sort of, we dipped out, and now we're kind of dipping back in. I have a bunch of interviews coming up, and so uh, hopefully we'll, you know. Ride this thing. Uh, yeah, time the wave. Yeah, ride yeah. the wave. I mean, Ira, what are your suggestions for protection here? I got your back. Whatever you want to do, call me on the side, and we'll, we'll get a couple guys around you. And <laughs> you even if it. we get some some uh, some Russian guys from Brighton Beach to work the other side. Here's actually my biggest my, my biggest concern in terms of like personal safety. It isn't actually like Putin or any of the big guys. It's like oh, the, Putin's not good. Yeah, it's like the cousin of some Russian mobster yeah, that we barely mentioned. Yeah. who's like, oh, he went after my uncle. Yeah, you'll see him in a Turkish bath. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but that's crazy. All the assassinations, all that stuff you bring out, I've forgotten about the poisonings, oh, yeah. how they're all connected to the same exact all goes back to one place yeah and script ball is really scary because basically you know we traded the script ball for uh for anna chapman so there's been one rule basically since the 1600s of like professional espionage which is when you trade spies they're off the field you that they're off they, they no longer count spies to be named later yeah, yeah. and so when so by killing that guy what they're saying in reality is all rules are gone Forget it. The, the The notion that there is some kind of guidebook or you don't do this or things that are out of play is done. And that's scary. Well, the last thing, and I, you know, one of the things you mentioned also that I that I tracked was all the Republicans, um, which had, you know, not come out to come, come out against Russia or against Trump. I had always thought until I watched uh, documentary, it was because they were fearful that Trump would come at them. It's actually not. It's that the Russians either of course, have it's their own. Come no, on. it's have something on them. Yeah, sure. Right, or and it made me think of it in a whole different way. Here I am thinking, oh, they're protecting Trump. I think they're protecting themselves from. I think there's a lot of that. I think that I mean, I think it was 2004, 2005 when Tom or Jack Abramoff brought Tom Delay a million dollars from Russian oligarch. Uh, this has been going on for a while. It has been a slow roll. I think that especially in the Republican Party. And I think to a lesser extent, though, also in the Democratic Party, that it that's especially also since Citizens United, that foreign countries, especially Russia, have been acting as lobbying groups. And they've been able to do it legally now. And so in the same way that the coal lobby or the oil lobby have their guys, the Russians got their guys. Uh, and I think that they're a very powerful lobbying force in this country now. 
Look at Robert Mercer, Renaissance, right? Talk, yeah. talk about combining Bale Street, Wall Street to this stuff. Sure. Is that he was the money he owned Cambridge, right? Basically, yeah, yeah. was a large owner of Cambridge. You've seen how, yeah. how how big they, what a large and influence. There's also, and I'm going to throw this out there because I, I don't toss it out I, there. I haven't mentioned this to anywhere, but it's such a weird little sort of vein to this whole thing. There's this clique of guys of billionaires around the world, Russian and Americans, that invest in life extension technologies. And my understanding is that Mercer is one of them, Peter Thiel is another one of them, and a lot like Deripaska is, is like like is, out of the movie Contact, where the guy's floating in space, like that. Type well, of? it's the it's it like more like out of Cocoon. Okay, I got <laughs> it. They're just trying to they're trying to make technologies that basically get rid of aging, make you yeah. a, you know uh, immortal kind of okay. thing. Okay. Uh, and I think that that's where a lot of these guys kind of got together was around that clique, just because they they're all in it. Maybe it's a coincidence, but it's a weird little thing that I found that I haven't seen anywhere else. But that uh, is your next. That's that's be. your next one. That's it. <laughs> sure, By the way, yeah. you're really 84. You because you, you only true. look 33. But I, I'm really deep so inside. So I think you're, I think you're part of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Works really well. Exactly. Yeah. Not not on the hairline apparently. But. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Jack, uh, really appreciate you coming in. And the, if you guys have not, if anyone out there has not seen Active Measures, I suggest you watch it. Just from an information, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, Democrat, you know, Republican, you want to know what Russia influence is going on. That's really what it's about. It's not so much anti-Trump, which is what I thought it was going to be. It was more just information, and it's staggering to me. So thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Thanks for having me. All appreciate right. Yeah. That'll wrap it up for this episode of Bell Street. You can subscribe to our podcast at bellstreet.com or any other service that you use to download podcasts. We'll see you next time on Bell Street. I'm Danny Moses. I'm Ira Jettleson. 